This week on Mindful Headlines, the importance of mentorship. Meaningful, intentional connection leads to meaningful relationship. Connection and relationship, we crave those things as humans. As as individualistic as we can seem and feel and operate sometimes, we crave the connection with other people. And having meaningful, healthy, um, deep, rich connection with folks really does enrich our emotional health. It enriches our physical health and therefore it enriches our mental health. So even if it is once a week or once a month or however often it is, when we're being really intentional in that, it's amazingly powerful. That's Seattle U's Lakeisha Kimbrough, and I'm your host, Jessica Janner Castro. This week on the podcast, we'll talk about mentorship. Many of us are going back into the office, back to school, and back to volunteering. So how important is it to have a mentor? A recent study from Northwestern University looked at mentorship in STEM fields and found that mentees were significantly more likely to become superstars in their fields. It's never too late or too early to find a mentor. Lakeisha Kimbrough oversees the mentoring work Seattle University does around the community. She also helped the Mariners sculpt a new mentorship program they launched during the pandemic called Hometown Nine for elite student athletes. Lakeisha will talk about both programs, share tips on how to find a mentor, how to become a mentor, and why each and every one of us should prioritize building meaningful connection with others. Lakeisha, thanks for being part of this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such honored and thrilled to be with you. And thanks for having me on the Seattle U campus. We're excited to have you, and we're in front of our brand new building, so yay! (laughs) Yeah, and there's excitement. People are walking around. Students are here. It's the start of the school year. We're getting ready. We're rolling, and we'll have students in the building on September 22nd, so we're pretty excited. So I invited you onto the podcast because I wanted to ask a little bit about the work that you do for Seattle U and community engagement. So tell our listeners what it is that you do. Yeah, thank you. I'm loving being able to talk about the work I do. So at Seattle University, I work for the Center for Community Engagement, um, which is being renamed the Father Sunborg Center for Community Engagement. And I oversee the mentoring work we do. So I'm the Washington Middle School Site Manager. And that just means I have the great honor and privilege of working with our partner middle school, um, Washington Middle School. And we have two mentoring programs there. And I have the pleasure of working with Seattle University students, with scholars and families at the schools, and making sure that our scholars and our Washington um, Middle School families, our Seattle University students are paired up We match them one-on-one for a full academic year because relationship is important, especially when you're doing mentoring work. And so I get to oversee what that programming looks like and partner with students and scholars around what it should look like. So that's my work. We're going to dive a little bit into what it is that it takes to become a great mentor, who needs mentorship, and all of that here in a little bit. But I want to also ask you about your involvement with Hometown Nine, the Mariners program. Yes, the Mariners are running a fabulous program um, overseen by the fabulous McKenzie. And that Hometown Nine program where they are really matching um, Mariners, staff, and employees with student athletes in eighth grade 
and they're working with them from eighth grade through high school um, is a beautiful program. And I had the pleasure of working with McKinsey to create some workshops for the mentors. And initially that was just looking at what does it mean to be a mentor? How do we nurture positive identity development for our youth and young people? Um, And so those types of things. And then we had the real honor of having the fellows with us. Um, So we were able to do that at T-Mobile Park. And that was really exploring with the fellows and their mentors, the importance of mental health. What is mental health? And why is it important to really think about all the pieces that make up my mental health and why, um, why I should know that I have someone that I can go to. And for mentors, how do I support that, right? And so um, that's been my work with the Hometown Nine. McKinsey and I are hoping to partner again with this new set of fellows and mentors. And um, it's been fabulous. It's been a great experience. And I think that program is going to be just doing amazing work with folks. In your opinion, what makes Hometown Nine unique? I think one of the things that makes it unique is it's extremely well-rounded. So that program is looking at um, students who are athletes and saying, you're more than an athlete. This is part of your identity, but we want to support the wholeness of who you are. And that so speaks to our Seattle U mission, too, as well as that whole person, that whole person experience and really nurturing and cultivating who we are. They are also making sure that the young people have access to their sports programs and to those elite programs because finances play a role. You know, we have some very, very talented young people out there who can't afford sometimes to move to that next level. And this program assists and makes sure that that's not a barrier for them. Um, I think the other thing that makes it really unique is These mentors are building such deep connection and relationship. They're following them. The same mentor, and they have two. Each fellow has two mentors. How amazing is that? From eighth grade all the way through high school. And then these fellows, as they move into high school, get to look back and and peer mentor, you know, some younger folks. So I think it's really speaking to their whole person. It's helping them create a space where they really feel like they belong. Um, And that is really helping develop meaning and purpose for them. It's really helping develop a sense of agency. And how do I find who I am? How do I find that voice? And how do I balance being an elite young athlete with family and school and life. And I think this program is really seeking to bring all of those pieces together. What I heard you mention a couple times is that whole person and fostering the whole person. I think sometimes, at least in my experience, when we think of mentorship, it's often in a specific area, right? Mentorship in business for adults, mentorship in school or academics. Maybe that's more like tutoring, but there is some sort of correlation there. Explain why it's important to foster the entire person. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you asked that question. Jessica, thank you. I think it's so important to foster the whole person because we are not just one thing. We are made up of many, many experiences, and we have many, many interests and backgrounds, and we're influenced by lots of different things. And so that whole person really being able to nurture my intellect, so, you know, what's happening in my brain and academics, 
but also nurturing what I'm feeling, what I'm believing. How do I even know what I'm believing, particularly when I'm a young person um, or as I'm growing and I'm maybe changing a career or doing something like that? What do I feel about this? What do I believe about this? And then how do I decide where in my body am I feeling that? How is it like working from head to heart to body? And so my real belief is if we exclude any one of those, we're not getting a real full perspective or understanding of who we are. So then how we show up, how can we show up most fully? And I think really nurturing and honoring the whole person and not limiting it to any one particular area, um, be it academics or, you know, particular business or um, we're only looking at the social part or the emotional part really says, oh, this is really we are individuals and beings that are complex and beautiful um, and made up of so many things. So to just stick it into one space, I think, um, doesn't really honor, doesn't give us the honor that we need and that we seek as, as full people. And honoring the whole person says, you are worthy and wow, I'm upholding your dignity because I see you fully as a whole person. I think I know your answer, but I'm gonna ask, who needs mentorship? I would say we all need mentorship. Um, there are, I hope that there are still spaces where all of us, no matter how old we are, are seeking to learn more, to develop our skill sets, um, to heal. I think mentoring offers us a space um, to heal from places where we've been hurt and harmed. Um, and I think, so I think we all need mentoring and could benefit from mentoring. And who can be a mentor? We can all be mentors. And I think many of us are mentors and don't even realize it. I think so often we don't realize that people are really looking up to us. There's somebody sees you and says, oh my gosh, this person has it all together. This person is doing amazing things, right? And you're like, mm, I don't know if that's true. But someone sees us and someone, we have all touched someone's life with a smile or with that life story. We've been able to connect with them and that's made them see, feel seen or feel heard, right? And so we all have something to offer someone and I think we can all be mentors. I want you to take us in a little bit into the work that you do. Give us that kind of behind the scenes experience um, for listeners that are thinking, maybe I would like to be a mentor in my field or just a mentor to a young person. And some of the tips that you offer people that go through the program, whether it's Seattle youth students or whether it's the front office staff for the yeah. Mariners and the programs that you work with. What are some tips and um, what, what kind of program do you offer? Yeah, I think when um, we're thinking about tips for being a mentor and what makes um, a really fabulous mentor is someone who is not doing this work to seek to fix other people, right? I think really strong mentors or mentors who really get the most out of what they do and have the most impact with the person that they're working with really enter this from a space of curiosity and wonder, but also know that we are all amazing. We are all zestful. We are all brilliant and bright. 
And so I'm not entering this to fix you. You're, you're this wonderful person, but maybe I offer some skill or expertise in a different way. Maybe my life experiences um, speak to you in a way that helps you see that inside of yourself and to help bring those innate, wonderful, wonderful innate skills and gifts and talents out into life. So I think that's a huge thing is we don't want to enter mentoring with the goal of fixing someone or thinking um, or fixing ourselves through fixing someone else. Um, I think one of the things that also makes a great mentor is someone who is compassionate and who can hold space for another human being. Someone who sees and has the potential to see that we are, as humans, are all the beloved, right? We are all these amazing, wonderful folks. Um, and as a mentor, being able to hold that space for the person that you're working with when they don't see that and when they don't aren't able to hold that for themselves. Um, and then a lot of grace, a lot of grace and a lot of being able to help work with someone through something and guide alongside. So really just being able to develop strong relationships and help someone make meaning and discover purpose and really be able to live and walk in that. You don't, I, my personal belief, you don't need any particular specialized degree or have to have this wonderful job title, right? Um, to do that work, you can really come where you are because I think as we mentor, we also grow um, as we are opening up and providing those, those skills and those gifts to folks that we're working with. What would you say to someone, no matter the age, mm -hmm. that says, I would love to be a mentor. That all sounds wonderful, and I think I would be a great mentor. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time for it. Yeah. That's a huge thing, having the time. There are so many programs where, for instance, my Seattle University students, they're with me once a week, and they're with their scholar for one hour a week. Use curiosity and wonder. So if you're interested in being a mentor and you're thinking, I don't have the time, then I think we ask ourselves a series of questions. I wonder why being a mentor is really important to me. I'm curious where the time would come from. And that opens up this space for us to reflect and think about, oh, would, would a program on the weekends work? Is there a type of program? And start doing some digging and researching. Maybe there are some programs out there where you're just really with a young person or with an adult maybe for a few hours on the weekend. Maybe it's, you know, designing your own program, getting together with some of your friends and saying, wow, we have these different skills. Start mentoring each other, right? And then branching it out. But I think using curiosity and wonder to figure out where that time, where, where we're feeling like we don't have that time um, and giving ourselves the gift of pause to say, oh, this is important to me because, right, fill in the blank. And I'm curious why I feel like I don't have the time. And then really think about what's filling up my time and how would, I'm curious how I would use that differently. 
And what do I need to do to offer myself the permission to use that time differently? So I think just asking ourselves some of those questions, we figure out where the time comes from. Oh, that resonates with me because sometimes when you look at, like you said, your own time and how you're spending it, you often find ways that you can be using it a little bit more wisely and maybe that is mentorship. Right, and not at the expense, right, of yourself because we don't want to mentor and get ourselves overwhelmed or burn ourselves out. So not at the expense of ourselves and not at the expense of our own well-being. Um, so we, but we can often find, find those spaces. Yeah. As I've been doing some research for my podcast as a whole, and you know that I focus a lot about mental health and just psychology overall and how um, the news and psychology are intertwined. I've found that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that when we're actually connecting with people, even Mm -hmm. strangers at the grocery store, that is really beneficial to our well-being. So powerful. And it sounds like mentorship, even if it is once a week or once a month or anything that you can offer, would be an avenue for that, right? It's a beautiful avenue. Again, even if it's once a week, if it's twice a month, when we're having that, especially when it's meaningful. So Jessica, I think part of what we want to remember is meaningful, intentional connection leads to meaningful relationship, right? And though connection and relationship, we crave those things as humans. We, as, as individualistic as we can seem and feel and operate sometimes, we crave the connection with other people. And having meaningful, healthy, um, deep, rich connection with folks really does enrich our emotional health. It enriches our physical health and therefore it enriches our mental health and helps us stay grounded and connected. So even if it is once a week or once a month or however often it is, when we're being really intentional in that, it's amazingly powerful. Feeling connected to other folks helps us feel like we belong. And when we feel like we belong, we have a greater sense of self-worth. And when we have that sense of worth, we feel honored and cherished. And we need those things. We need those things as individuals. We need those things as community and collective to help us as we move through challenging times. Um, and to help us celebrate those really wonderful times. So, yeah. So I want to ask you as well, I'm going to start with, I would love if there was a lot of teenagers listening to this podcast, but the reality is mostly adults listen to podcasts. And so I want to ask for um, professionals how it is that they find a mentor um, and some advice there for, for young professionals. Yeah, for young professionals, I think, seeking out a mentor. Maybe it's a mentor in their field or maybe it's a mentor um, who maybe looks more like them in their field. A lot of times businesses and organizations have some type of program. So I would start with where you work and find out if there's some type of program that 
um, maybe your HR department knows about that's already happening within your organization. And some folks might say, I don't want to stay within my organization. I want to look, you know, to other places um, because I work with these people. And so <laughs> maybe I want to um, have a mentor is someone that I don't work with because I, I feel like maybe I'd be able to open up more um, with, which is very fair, right? Um, so in that case, there are lots of professional um, affinity groups and organizations that we can reach out to. We can do some research on um, different um, professional groups and just reach out. And, and it takes a little bit of vulnerability. Um, but some of, some of these organizations and groups and clubs already offer mentorship. So if you're seeking out, you might have to fill out an application or a form. But if not, you know, that thinking of, I'm curious how much I feel I'm worthy of this. I know I'm worthy and I deserve this. So I'm just going to reach out and say, you know, I'm a young professional and I'm really seeking to grow my skills in this area. Is there someone I could talk to? Is there someone that I could work with? And folks really love, really love to give of themselves in these ways because many of us I'm sure, Jessica, it's true for you, it's true for me. I remember what it was like to be a young professional and um, just having someone even take time for conversation and maybe coffee or tea and then saying, can we schedule that again? That's kind of how that relationship can start. So you might even not even go into it thinking this person is going to be my mentor. It might happen organically where you're having a conversation with someone and you say, can we meet again for coffee? I just have a few questions. So I would say looking at where your place of business, looking for um, um, specific organizations and business groups, you know, that are already doing these things. I would say tap into also local colleges and universities and just kind of look in and say, what's happening in your space? And, you know, how, how do I connect with, with folks? Um, and sometimes it's turning to people in our lives and really looking at how folks in our lives have already been pouring into us. And maybe we've been looking at them as a mentor and haven't even really noticed it or realized it yet. Yeah, that's true. I also want to ask you for parents that are listening, because you do so much work with um, young mm -hmm. kids, middle school children, as well as this program yes. um, for Hometown Nine, how parents get involved and how parents can get their children in some of these mentorship programs. Mm -hmm. I don't have children, but I would imagine sometimes it can be difficult for parents to say, yes, I can guide my child, but I really want them in a program where maybe it's in the career path that they want to go into, maybe yeah. it's in sports, maybe it's in arts, where they have a mentor that's outside of the family. How do parents go about that? So I w I'm, I'm going to answer that, but I also want to just say that um, for parents who are thinking about mentorship for their young person or their young person maybe um, has said something to them. Usually young people are not going to say, I want a mentor, right? But they're going to maybe let their parents know that they don't have the skill set. Some kind of way that young person is going to, well, you don't know that mom, or I need some different help, or, you know, th there's something that may come up that lets a parent know. Mentorship is not just for those young people who are struggling, um, and I think sometimes 
we as adults, particularly when we're looking at mentor programs and mentorship for youth and young people, there's, um, there can be this misconception that uh, a, a young person who is doing really well in school and, and looks like they've quote unquote got it all together doesn't need a mentor. Um, and so I just want to say to parents that no matter where your child is in life, they can truly benefit from having an adult who is not their auntie, not their parent, not their grandparent that they can turn to that can hold who they are um, and help them navigate some of the pieces of what it means to be a young person nowadays. So just wanted to make sure parents know that. Um, and then say many schools nowadays have some type of mentoring program happening in their school. It might be small groups, it might be one-on-one. -on -one. So many schools are partnering with community-based organizations that are offering these things. So I would um, think that parents could reach out to their schools first and just ask what types of programs are being offered in the school. Um, many colleges and universities have some types of programs where they're working in a school or they have some other community link. Boys and girls clubs are great places to look. Uh, there are um, you know, the Sounders have programs, the Mariners have programs, so a lot of sports teams have some type of way that they're reaching out and giving back to communities. So those are great spaces to look. There's um, different finance places, so there's junior achievement still happening. So looking at and finding what your child's interest is um, and then just looking into that field. So kind of like thinking about maybe um, Coyote Central for Arts and looking at dance places if you have a dancer. Um, and if your child is already involved in an activity, I would talk to maybe their, their dance teacher or their art instructor and just say, you know, Bob is looking for, it would be great, how do I get them connected with somebody that we can maybe work with outside of this? And also knowing that when you have your child in these activities, their teachers and the instructors in these programs, they are mentors even if we don't see it and they're not named that way. Do you have yeah. a mentor? I have a few mentors. Um, it sounds very cliche, but my mother is definitely my mentor. She has taught me what it means to really walk what you live and believe um, and to do that with grace and to do that with compassion um, and to be able to hold what you believe while honoring and, and holding who someone else is. Uh, and then in the work of social justice and liberation, um, just many, many mentors. There's the fabulous Karina Hooks, um, who does beautiful work. There's um, Nancy Luna Jimenez, who is doing beautiful work, who I look to as uh, two, two um, fabulous mentors, yeah. And can you just share one quick story before we go about mentorship, whether it's your own mentors or whether it's you as a mentor? What's one of, yeah. what's one of your most meaningful mentorship moments? Oh, the very first one that comes to mind is we had a student athlete um, at Seattle University who has been volunteering with us for about two years now. And when he started mentoring, at, he, he reached out and he said, you know, I've been living with diabetes and I was diagnosed in high school and it was really hard for me as a young person. 
do any of the scholars, would it be possible to be matched with a middle schooler, a scholar who is also living with diabetes? And I said, well, that information isn't really readily available to me, but I'll do what I can. And serendipity, as, as the stars aligned, right, um, a counselor came to me and said, we have this young person who is really, really, really bright, really wonderful, has diabetes, really needs a mentor because they don't see themselves um, with this medical condition. They see themselves in many other ways, but they don't see anyone who's living with diabetes. And so that very first meeting, Jessica, the young person, our scholars, meeting with the mentor, and it's kind of like, you know, they're having that initial dance of what do I say and what do I do? And the mentor opened up and shared about his diabetes and the scholar's eyes lit up, just lit up. And he said, you have diabetes? And the mentor said, I do. And I was diagnosed in high school. That meant so much. And the relationship that was able to foster and just grow and bloom because of that. So that is one that comes to mind super immediately. Um, Just thinking about the power and connection and the power of our experiences and how one thing that we might not think is meaningful or we saw as a challenge, someone else sees us as, wow, look at that lotus that came out of that muck. Look at how beautiful that experience is. And they feel in just those pieces, that scholar felt connected, he felt seen, and he felt like he belonged. And that is what we're hoping for through mentorship. What a beautiful story. And speaking of connection, I'm so happy that we were able to talk in person, six feet apart, because we're still in a pandemic, (laughs) even with the noise around us on campus. Because I do feel like when we're speaking with people in person, we can start to build that connection yes. and you really feel the person's energy and yes. you have such great energy. Oh, thank you. So thank you <laughs> for being it. a part of this podcast. Is there anything that you want to add that I haven't asked you today that you want to share? Um, just, I want to say thank you for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I just want to invite folks, Jessica, to hold their amazingness. I think as we are navigating these times and we're thinking about our well-being, so our mental health, our emotional health, our financial health, right, our physical health and our spiritual health, sometimes it can be really easy to get lost or to feel lost. And if we can sometimes hold, hold and for one, yes and, yes, this is not feeling so great right now, and... I am wonderful. I'm a member of the beloved community. We're all cherished. And, right, so hold and. I just want to invite people to hold and and remember that you are amazing. You're so gifted. You're so talented. And you're so zestful and you're a ball of light. And if we can (laughs) hold that, even in the yucky times, right, because there are yucky times. And a lot of beauty comes out of that muck right? Just like that lotus flower. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to carry that with me throughout the day and the week. So Lakeisha, thank you so much. Speaking of amazing, this is an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Jessica. 
Once again, that was Lakeisha Kimbrough from Seattle University. You can find links in our show notes to Seattle U, information to Seattle U's Youth Initiative and Center for Community Engagement, as well as the Mariners Hometown 9 program and that study I mentioned from Northwestern. You can also see this interview in video format on our YouTube page and see more related information on kink5.com. I'm your host, Jessica Janner Castro, and you've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. My goal with each episode is to understand how our minds influence current events so we can better understand our world inside and out. Make sure to subscribe for more episodes and please share with your friends and family. I'll see you next time.